When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs for good times, the best times, you can't go wrong. We'll two-step, a new step, it won't be long. When the Dixieland's are playing, soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hi, hi, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsey Laurie, and we are joined, as always, by our wonderful, beautiful friend and producer, Matt Kelly, to talk about David Bowie. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! If you like music and you like podcasts and you like to laugh and you like to learn, you need to immediately subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we dive deep into the story and back catalog of a one-hit wonder band or artist. From there, we have a good, healthy discussion as to whether they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit wonder. We have a huge back catalog, and we've done episodes on everything from Don't Worry, Be Happy and the Macarena to King of Wishful Thinking and Cumbersome. I promise you're going to love the show more than Jaquan loved getting tipsy and even more than Bobby Boris Pickett loved making alternate versions of the Monster Mash. Subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Gelsey, 50 years ago in June, we missed it back in June, but we're, we're getting to it now. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars turned 50 years old. That's crazy. And, you know, you and I are some Jim Henson loving folks, so I'm sure that both of us have a similar. I, I know that Labyrinth was definitely my introduction to David Bowie as a child, mm-hmm. but being a fan of music and theatrics, I mean, you don't get anyone better from that time period than good old David Bowie. Part of us were thinking about, do we just talk about this album? But I think this is a good excuse as any to just talk about our love of David Bowie, sort of how we did with the Elvis episode uh, last month. So I, I'm going to make the assumption, rightfully so, that you are the bigger David Bowie fan than I am. As much as I love David Bowie, you tend mm-hmm. to love that era of music 
on a much yeah, deeper a level big, than I do. <laughs> I went through a big David Bowie phase in high school. I went through like every big phase in high school, I guess. But yeah, no, I do love – I hadn't listened to David Bowie in like a minute just because it happens because your music goes on a, a roll. And I have been listening to him to prep for this. I was like, oh, I'm going to put Bowie on. And I'm like, God, I've missed – like I think I just re-kicked up a David Bowie phase. I was like, I forgot how much I absolutely love his music. His And his stuff is so – unique and interesting like for me mm-hmm. my first introduction beyond labyrinth to david bowie was actually at a very low point in his career uh performer wise was when he put out earthling which i love mm. that album from 1997 but it was his attempt at doing like industrial music and it was produced by trent Reznor of nine inch nails and mm-hmm. it had two minor hits on it it had little wonder and i'm afraid of americans mm-hmm. um I like I'm Afraid of Americans. That's I love one. that song. But I remember yeah. hearing stories that at that time he was the opening act for Nine Inch Nails and was getting booed off the stage because the audience had no clue who he was or about his legacy. And he was trying to only perform songs off of that album at that time. And it was mm. just not a great Bowie period. But I remember I was like, this guy seems really interesting. And then it was years later, riding with my parents, listening to classic rocks stations and i can tell you the song that first made me love him was uh space oddity the second so good the second i heard that song i was like this guy is unbelievable do you know how many times (laughs) in my week and i didn't realize it i break out when someone's like trying to like get a hold of me or i'm like hey listen to me and i'm like this is major Major control and everyone's like what and i'm like thank you i I just realized that the other day i was like i do that a lot (laughs) I used to do this really, I've talked about it before. I would form these weird cover bands and we would do these really abstract, strange covers. And I had this idea for Space Oddity in my brain because I had a megaphone at that time. And I literally wanted to. It's like, why? Yeah, of course I did. Um, And I wanted to do Space Oddity where it was like almost freeform jazz. Like the band is just playing whatever the hell they want. And we would do the verses almost as like a spoken word play of the conversation. And then it would like in this noise and chaos, it would build to the, the course that everybody knows the, this is major times. But I thought like, Oh man, like doing that dialogue through the megaphone. And like, I just was like, Oh, this would be such a cool spectacle. Uh, but it is, such an incredible song and mm-hmm. that's is that off his first it's like his first or second yeah. album it's it's um david bowie 1969 i believe that was his first album yeah like it's called david bowie yeah like what a song to just be like bam this is who i am and he was if you watch i was watching videos of him perform and like some of like space oddity this that he is so young yeah, he has a, such a like a beautiful angelic face with an incredible bone structure no i don't have to say that twice but he really <laughs> just like i mean come on his bone structure is stunning and he, it, it's like perfect he's like the perfect package of like of course that's that is everything david bowie has to be such a cool and it wasn't actually until i know like ziggy stardust was his first he had already done in um hunky dory what was his alter ego in Hunky Dory? Let me see. He kind of had one, but not as much as like it was after that one that he went into Ziggy Stardust. And that was like his first big, you know, that's where we get the kind of 
David Bowie that comes to mind, I think, for most people. Yeah, I'm not and seeing anything specifically as I'm <clears throat> I thought they said that here. he had like a little bit. But yeah, I don't. Hunky Dory was 1971. And it basically, he wrote a lot of the songs for Ziggy Stardust during that time. And they recorded them back to back. So he recorded that and then like immediately in Trident Studios in London recorded Ziggy Stardust. Hunky Dory obviously has a lot of, you know, Space Oddity was kind of the first big single form. I feel like Hunky Dory is the album that really establishes that like, oh, this is this is a voice that is here to stay a little bit because you get, you know, obviously the song Changes is still a, a massively popular changes, song, but you get Life on Mars is on there. Queen Bitch is on there. And this is the other part where I have to admit a lot of these songs even I didn't discover until Life Aquatic of Steve Zazu that has that brilliant. Oh my gosh, that is such a good soundtrack where he sings them all in Portuguese, yeah. like acoustic Portuguese Bowie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't know that I needed this in my life. <laughs> Holy shit. I I but, haven't listened to that soundtrack in a long time, but there was a phase that, oh, I listened to it so that much. That introduced me to a ton of these, like, not to say that they weren't hits, but like much minor hits in comparison to like, the songs when you think of like David Bowie, you're thinking of Ziggy Stardust, Ziggy Stardust, and Suffrage mm-hmm. City, and Changes, mm-hmm. and Space Oddity. So oh like God. stuff like Life on Mars and Queen Bitch kind of gets like buried in in the pile of just nonstop massive hits that he had. Yeah, it goes there, and then actually I wanted to go back to his first album, David Bowie. So he had two albums named David Bowie. That's that's where that's the confusion right. is. So <gasps> Space Oddity was on the second David Bowie. But the first David Bowie didn't really make too many waves. Um, so it's and they were released like months apart from each other because it was the 60s and you were putting out a new album every like six months. Unlike- yeah, we, I mean, we always go off on that, like the, <laughs> the the amount of content that some of these bands are pumping out within such a short time. It's like, what the? Well, I know, like speaking of the 60s, since Ziggy Stardust got born, you know, 1971, he started creating it. And it got released 19, specifically June 16th, 1972. And he wanted to kind of get away from the 60s hippie denim thing that was going on. And um, glam rock was starting to be born. And he is, I mean, like David Bowie is the epitome of glam rock, glam rock. But he stole a lot of like, he's super inspired by Iggy Pop. He was coming out kind of the same, like they were very compared for so many reasons and are similar in ways of this kind of, feminine glam rock I was gonna say it felt style it felt like the only big difference is that somehow Iggy Pop got so much punk credentials yes I was gonna say Iggy really went punk and and David Bowie always stayed I feel like he just always stayed glam rock yeah Yeah. he was just so theatrical whereas like Iggy Pop I think that's the big difference is like as as much as I love David Bowie, I couldn't see David Bowie being able to perform in some of the dingy shitholes that like Iggy Pop was like no. made to perform in. You know, like, David Bowie needs like some sequins, big theatrical lighting, and it's, yeah. Iggy I Pop doesn't it. even yeah, need a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> does not need a t-shirt. He just needs small leather tight pants, a little bit of a wet hairdo, and we are golden. There's Iggy, and, and nine times out of ten, maybe some blood. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, no, I'm. I do like Iggy Pop. I like some of his songs, but I'm not near as 
into Iggy Pop as I am David Bowie, but I am, I know that David Bowie really found a lot of inspiration as well um, from Lou Reed. He liked him a lot and they, they all kind of were out at the same time. Lou Reed was a little earlier, but I love Lou Reed. I do like yeah. take a walk on the wild side is one of my all time favorite songs. That whole album so, is worth mm-hmm. di- uh, dissecting just that album one day would be it's worth so it. Good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, we should, we should do that. But yeah, Ziggy, he, he created this alter ego, Ziggy Stardust, which it's interesting. He, I was watching this interview and, and David Bowie said like he started to just be Ziggy Stardust, this character he created off stage as well. And like anytime press was around, anytime cameras, he would always just be Ziggy. And he started to do it in his personal life and he started to lose who he was. He was like, I don't know who David Bowie is anymore. And he started questioning his own sanity. He had a lot of like, I think mental um, disorders within his family. I I forget if his mom or dad or someone had schizophrenia, this, that. So he kind of already had a lot of that going on. And I think this really, there was a phase where it like shook him. And that's where um, he didn't want to be defined by Ziggy forever. And that's when he created um, Alan, Aladdin Sane. Aladdin Sane is who I for a long time thought Ziggy Stardust was like the lightning bolt across the face, but that's not, that's his alter ego, Aladdin Sane, which it's spelt like Aladdin and the magic lap Aladdin, but it's like a lad insane. And I was like, oh, I love this. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, Isn't that I great? Like you didn't, I know. When, when I think of Ziggy Stardust, I always think of um, comparatively, I think of like Zool in Ghostbusters. Like I think totally. Of, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. That is like, that is Ziggy. And I mean, actually, Ziggy Stardust, the whole concept is, <clears throat> if I may, it is described as a loose concept album and rock opera. Ziggy Stardust concerns Bowie's titular alter ego, Ziggy Stardust, a fictional adronymous. Adrogynous. Adrogynous. I was saying like Adronymous Rex, like the new dinosaur in the, or like ado- yeah. Adogenous or whatever. I think adrogynous. you were thinking of like an android. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck that. And bisexual rock star who was sent to Earth as a savior before an impede impending apocalyptic disaster. In its story, Ziggy wins the hearts of fans but suffers from a fall from grace after succumbing to his own ego. And then I think eventually in the story, the quote-unquote story, fans kill him. So it's just a super spectacle kind of all-over idea, and I love that kind of alien creature rock star that he created. And and his band members were, well, the Spiders were Mick Ronson, Trevor Boulder, and Mick would Manzi again? There will be a pop quiz at the end of yeah. this, so take those names <laughs> down, kids. Um, but I thought it was cool. One of his producer, at least for Ziggy Stardust, um, Bowie co-produced it himself, and then Ken Scott was his producer, and he was one of the five main engineers that worked on all the Beatles albums. He worked um, engineering Elton John, Pink Floyd, Duran Duran. So Ken Scott, little applaud for you. You know your shit. Well, and that's like God. Now I'm thinking of. There's a movie that I don't think you've seen. I think we've talked about this, and you you have not seen Phantom of the Paradise, correct? Mm-mm, I have not. Okay, so that will be we'll do an episode of that eventually. I I want that to be like a Matt and Gelsey hangout in real life, and I make you watch that movie with me. But that film came out in I want to say 1973, 1974, and mm. there is a character who is very much inspired by. Uh, like a David Bowie mixed with an Iggy pop. It's that combination of like glam and punk rock into a singular character. But the premise of the musical that he's supposed to be singing in feels very similar to the plot line of Ziggy Stardust. So I'm confident that Ziggy Stardust was a huge influence on uh, the writing of it, which was written. All the music was written by Paul Williams, uh, who did all the songs for the Muppets and wrote some songs for the Carpenters. And, you know, he Mm. was a great songwriter as well. While we're talking about the album, 
yeah. Ziggy Stardust, I, though. I definitely want to talk about some of these songs. We have to talk about what I think is one of the catchiest choruses. Suffragette City? Suffragette City, baby. Oh, my that God. I literally had that song so on repeat good. in my car the other day. That, wham, that bam, wham, thank bam, you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's so good. I was like, I, I there was a day I had that song on repeat. I was driving to work and I was drinking my energy drink, like rattling up for work. And I know for sure I had about like, I'm going to say three, but probably five people have full on like look over and they're just like, this chick is crazy. I was jamming in my car and the song would end and I was like, again, yeah. and like turn don't it. Don't lean like, on me, man, if you don't want a ticket. <laughs> no, 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 Down a separate just hit it. <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. That so is so fucking good. It's a good, and it's just right screaming. after. I mean, oh, it's so good. And obviously the song, like Ziggy Stardust is amazing. Just that first. Like, you know, you're just like, yes. And of course, it's a great, and I love the, but where were the spiders? But to follow that in as far as sequential order on the album, to do that and then follow it with Suffragette City into Rock and Roll Suicide, it's perfect. I love Rock and Roll Suicide too. I found that in high school, that song, because it's like, you know, not as well known of a track necessarily. I love that one. I did want to point out this is a random Lady Stardust. Do you you know Lady Stardust? Yeah. The piano sounds so much like West Side Story to me. It sounds like, Maria, I just met a girl named Maria. And it's, every time I listen to it, I trip the fuck out. It's just like, there's like one part of the piano chord progression that I'm like, mm, it's West Side Story. And so, I always have to let people know when I hear a different song and a song. My sister and I like will call each other and be like, listen to this song. It's actually this song or kind of a thing. Like, you know what other song um, on this album that is a fucking bop is Star, which used to yes. be rock star, but then just changed to Star. Oh my God. I literally this morning listened to that song. I was on the way to my bank and I was like, I'm going to put this on. And uh, again, I was just having a full, like one of these days I'm going to rip out my steering wheel for my car accidentally, how hard I'm holding it and like <laughs> shaking it and rocking. Cause I'm just like, oh, it's so good. I'm like that girl in Finding Nemo that's like, did she wake up? But like that energy towards music. I'm like, ah. um, <laughs> anyways. You know, it's yeah. crazy to think about though, if you're, if you're correct mm-hmm. and that he Which got I'm so probably... lost. No, no, but it, no. if he got so lost in the Ziggy Stardust character that he needed to create a new one, you'd think that it was a lot longer until Aladdin Sane, but it's the next album. So he must it's have gotten album. so... He must he have been so, so lost. lost in that character so early. Like, that's Yeah, and crazy. he also didn't want to get, like, stuck in it, I think, for his personal sanity, but also then have to forever have that be your career. You know, once you paint your face like kiss kiss i hope you like painting your face like that because that's what you're doing for the rest of your career yeah no Um, that's fair (laughs) but i love the i mean the cover art for aladdin sane is probably the most famous david bowie cover art you know it's the dark shadow it's him looking down with the lightning bolt painted on his face i mean that's on every t-shirt it's if you really like open it and zoom in on the actual art it's stunning he's again the bone structure on this man but it's angelic there's just this almost like boyhood he still has such childlike uh, i'm gonna angelic features but it is this man that is this like you're still coming out of ziggy stardust you still kind of have this alien mind it's it's beautiful well and it's worth saying that like 
like that's not just the most iconic album cover for David Bowie, but it's arguably one of the all time most iconic all, yeah. album covers. Like yes. that is, yeah, that is a very bef- you. There are people who I am sure do not know David Bowie that well, but know that album cover. Like, oh, can, absolutely, can pinpoint it and say, oh, I know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's funny. I actually can say um, I don't know as many songs on on this album. No, I was and, that was what kind of shocked me. As much as I know that album, when I looked oh, at the track list, I was like, I actually don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I know forgot. I did. I did read this though that Aladdin Sane also kind of like was developed. It was like an idea of this was for his U.S. tour, and that's why they were so close together. Was Ziggy Stardust was predominantly in the U.K. and so it was during his American tour. He wanted like a harder edge, flashier version of Ziggy Stardust, and. It was. I read one thing that it was like almost like this is what happens when Ziggy goes to the U.S. Gotcha. This character was born. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know as many of these songs. I thought for sure I was going to open it and be like, oh my god, every song. And and they do cover he uh, they he covers uh, the Rolling Stones. Let's spend the night together, which was one of my favorite songs to start with. Um, the Stones. I I love that song. Well, and then he followed it Gene up. Genie. Yeah. He followed it mm-hmm. up with pinups, which I also think was not very well received, didn't have a ton of hits, but that was a okay because the next year he drops Diamond Dogs and we get Rebel oh. Rebel, which is just like an undeniable hit. <laughs> like, Diamond Dogs just yeah, I don't know anything on pinups. Um Diamond Dogs talk about also like the cover art with him leaning over nude and the coloring he like looks like a creature and he's yeah. so thin and so and who are these chicks behind him the diamond dogs. yeah that's very much that that's very much where you do see that iggy pop influences that they both had the exact same mm-hmm. body structure of just like skeletal <laughs> yes yes yeah very thin and oh my god yeah rebel rebel is great but i love the song diamond dogs and i actually think i was introduced to the song through the moulin rouge soundtrack um, that, that the, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that version of it, and I was like, "Oh, this is a great song." And then when I realized it was a Bowie song, when I got a little more, because Moulin Rouge, yeah, I was ten years old when that came out, so I was still yeah. quite young. Um, and Look, that, we don't we don't shame people around here. I know that the internet has been really shaming kids for discovering thirty to forty year old songs through Stranger Things, but like, but we that's have the beauty all learned, of it. Yeah, we've all learned stuff from movies and TV shows years that's, after they were popular. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I love when shows do that. Or we, like um, our B fifty twos episode, you asked if I had a problem with uh, Family Guy doing Rock Lobster and like if that's that's how everyone knows you know Rock Lobster, a lot of people, do I have a problem with that? I'm like, no, it's now they know it. If it wasn't for that, they wouldn't know it maybe. So I love finding things through other things and being like, oh, even um, Heroes, which will go, it's one of my favorite songs, but I knew that song first from Moulin Rouge from the Elephant Love Medley. Um, and that's, but, I actually, I think I <laughs> I, I hate to admit that I think I first knew Heroes because of the Wallflowers cover of it on the Godzilla soundtrack. I don't <laughs> think I realized it was even a cover until a couple years later when, again, so much of my David Bowie exposure was a combination of the songs that were in Life Aquatic and like being mm-hmm. a kid in the backseat of my parents' car when they would listen to classic rock radio. Like, so I would mm-hmm. hear like bits and pieces of songs and like, 
you know, certain ones, like I knew meatloaf. I loved meatloaf. My dad would put on the bat in the hell cassette tape. Bat out of hell was what I grew up with. Oh my God. I love that album so much. But like a lot of those other artists, like even the Beatles, until I started going through my dad's Beatles records and actually listening to them, I knew a bunch of the songs, but I didn't know that it was the Beatles because I was just in the backseat of a car listening to music as a kid and not really connecting Mm -hmm. the the part of my brain that started to connect the pieces of like, oh, like these songs are by bands and these bands have a specific sound and sometimes their sound changes over the like, you know, that's a lot for an eight year old to process. (laughs) They're just like, I like this song. It's fun to sing along with. It's fun to, Mm -hmm. you know, stomp my feet to or whatever, you know, like, but yeah, I don't know. That that's a little bit of a tangent, but that that shit's been driving me nuts for the last year. Is like people getting all up in arms, like these no, kids are about that's... Kate Bush and Metallica through. Stranger I think things. that's like, dumb. At least at least they're out there, and at least people are still using yeah. this, you know, this amazing music. Yeah. And, the other yeah. option is that they don't know those things at all. Like exactly, <laughs> that's what I was saying. That's my point. Yeah, it's whatever. But anyways, Diamond Dogs that version, obviously the original, like it is such that guitar when it starts like that's one of those songs that can get me a little hot and bothered just that and you can almost feel the energy of like him being live on stage doing it yeah that's i you can feel it through any speaker i'm like this is amazing like oh um wow yeah it really does um next up he went to young americans which, which that's ooh. another one I know some th- that's a great song it's a great but fame is on there which yeah that is a fucking great song I just think young and, Americans might be the most chill song that David Bowie's like that's like like yeah. I hear that song and I think of Margaritaville you know what I mean <laughs> like you're just like lounging out just like a nice saxophone yeah, yeah it like is a, kind of that even the album cover is him you know with that beautiful glam light behind yeah. him just sitting with a cigarette kind of like hunched over as if he could be leaning over a piano but yeah but that's yeah, really 1975 <laughs> I know God, what yeah incredible. we do have to talk about fame fame that I song love fame. that is a good ass song and it's got such a funky little like groove to it. Like that's the other thing that I guess as, as much as we know David Bowie as like Mr. Glam Rock, the amount of genres that he not only dabbled in, but did well is unbelievable. It's it's almost untouchable by almost any other artist. Like even some of the best artists that we can think of really stayed within their musical lane most of the time Mm -hmm. but he really played with every genre that he could get his hands on well he speaking of like different genres and stuff but like alter egos he had multiple personas and so i felt like that's like kind of each persona had their own style like we talked about um ziggy stardust aladdin sane um i think it was the first one i was talking about is major tom okay was his if you will like persona but he had at least five. Yeah, there's Aladdin saying Halloween Jack, the Thin White Duke was another one. And that's kind of his more. Yeah, more modern suit, one. Modern, just wear a suit, which I love. Like I, he was someone too, as he aged, he still was just like damn straight sexy. Oh, he like, was His appearance and- in, um, I love him in Zoolander, his, his cameo and just his yeah. entrance and his sleek suit, sleek fucking bone structure. <laughs> Can't get off that. And um, yeah, he's. It, that's one of my favorite looks too is just kind of that simple cut back in a suit and he aged amazingly I'm so sad he's gone but that's the thing he was an icon in every way imaginable right like he was like a fashion icon he wasn't mm-hmm. terribly 
bad in front of a camera. You know what I mean? Like he was charismatic in interviews. He could act like mm-hmm. he, yeah, he could do actor. any genre. Like even like, you know, we're going to jump from Young Americans into Station to Station, which the biggest song on that is Golden Years. Golden and Years. Like, I love that one. Is such a cool like Golden Years. Yeah, boop, boop, that's, that. that's another My one where it's like it's disco-y uh, almost. Like, it is the run through the shadows part. Do the run through the shadows. Run. I'm always just like, yes, this. It is. I want that kind of cool like I hate the smell of cigarette smoke, but some songs make me want to be in a room that's just like filled with cigarette smoke with just kind of cool lights going through it. Maybe yeah. like this awesome, yeah, like just a cool disco 70s chic room. I just want to be on a shag carpet listening to that song in it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just I like mean, trailed off that. I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's totally fine. You know, then we get into an album that I don't think really did well again because I'm looking at the songs on this and I don't recognize most of the stuff on the album wow. low. But the most notable thing about it is that he kind of worked on it with Iggy Pop. They went to France and their goal was mm. to sober up and that's when they kind of collaborated on a bunch of different stuff. Bowie helped with his with Iggy Pop's debut album The Idiot. Um mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's kind of the biggest noteworthy thing is I'm looking at these songs and again, don't yeah. recognize anything, but again, didn't really matter because that same year he puts out Heroes. Oh, <laughs> Heroes. Is. I was going to say something really quick and I was like, isn't it shitty when there's an artist that like obviously drugs, sex, and rock and roll, but then they're like, got to get sober and they sober up and then like release another album. And you're like, well, the sober stuff sucks. <laughs> you should go get, go do heroin again. Cause that's well, where your good shit came. Like, and well, it's not like the, I wouldn't produce like, <laughs> well, that's the joke that I always used to make with the unfortunate reality of like Alanis Morissette, which is like that girl found inner peace and no one wanted to buy another record. <laughs> from yeah. Her exactly. It's, her it's same with like Adele. Angry. We all want to yeah. hear her like, breakups and this I got a little over that I was like okay we got it you're sad he didn't love you but like come on um but yes heroes and heroes is one of the beautiful. greatest songs of all times it wasn't Jojo Rabbit but is it this- is oh my gosh I that moment well I love Jojo Rabbit yeah. I've had some people watch it and they did not feel the same or they're like, oh, it was cute. Oh I was like, God. cute? That was art. I Jojo that Rabbit movie. moved me to tears. I, went, I go to the movies a lot. That's like my date night I do with myself. And I went to this really cool um, movie theater in Santa Monica that had a big bar and restaurant. So I like sat at the bar, had dinner, had a glass of wine. And then the, the chairs were like love seats in this theater because they do a lot of interviews there with directors and there's events kind of stage yeah. that this was. So I was on my like own little mini couch watching this alone. And it was one of like the best dates I took myself out on. No, I love I do that move, movie. I, I took when myself to a dancing, movie to myself. Oh, no, my God. I love, I love date night movies. It's the best. It's, it's the um, best. It really is. But that moment when she kind of just starts dancing and you're like, you don't really know what song it is. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. She said, the first thing I'm going to do when I'm free is dance. And and then he's dancing with her. And then the it's in German, isn't it? Like the German version of yeah. Heroes is playing. And I was like, this is the best way you could have ended this movie. Uh, when I was in high school, me and some of my best friends loved mm-hmm. the book Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm-hmm. And they eventually did a movie adaptation of it. And there's this scene where they talk about driving through this tunnel that you can take to get into Pittsburgh. And it's like you see nothing. And then all of a sudden you just exit this tunnel and you see all of the city. And it's this like really incredible thing to experience. And in the movie and in the book, they get into the back of a truck. And as someone's driving through the tunnel, they're standing at the top with their arms out, kind of like a Titanic while Heroes Mm -hmm. is blasting. And the infamous line, as he said, in that moment, I felt infinite. 
And um, mm. that movie and that book and that moment has been playing in my mind a lot. And I was like, I am pretty sure that 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 is soundtrack to the song Heroes. And and I mean, it is that is in a, so many ways, probably it's not my favorite David Bowie song, but I think it's the most beautiful song he's ever written. I think that there's something yeah, about it. It's not it my favorite just, Bowie it, song, but yeah, it is one of I think it's one of those. It's weird. I can have some artists where it's not my favorite song of that artist, but it surpasses that smaller genre and then can be one of my favorite songs of all times. Yeah. Like I think yeah. some, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Cause I think that um, that's how I describe it too. It's, it's not a song that I will put on very often, but uh, it is, it is one of those songs that if it is on, I'm not turning it off until the song reaches its conclusion. Like I need to stay with it. I going back to what you said about Iggy pop and David Bowie going together and, and collaborating and whatnot. I opened up, um, the page for the album Lust for Life that Iggy Pop did in 1977. I had no idea that it, literally the music composer on <clears throat> nearly every song is Bowie. Yeah. And he did Lust for Life, which is, which is the best Iggy one of Iggy Pop's biggest songs. <laughs> so yay, Bowie. But um, I had no idea. I used to listen to this album a lot. And he played keyboards, piano, backing vocals on that album. No clue. That's crazy. That's awesome. Now, I think if I recall correctly, we're about to hit a really tough period for Bowie because his 70s, I mean, this is a man who definitely had a long, successful career, but I I think I recall that his transition into the 80s was not a smooth transition. (laughs) Uh, No, but there's some... There's some good albums here, but yeah. There's some good albums and there's some good songs, but I think we were we've been on a track record where it's like every year or so he had a big hit. And I mm-hmm. think the 80s it was a little while like he did under pressure with Queen, but that's wait, a wait, Queen wait, song. No, but you're like skipping over 1980 he comes out with Scary Monsters. Okay. That is one of that album. Oh my God, this is 1980. No, we get Scary Monsters, which is a great song. Ashes to Ashes. Fashion, what, one of my favorite David Bowie songs. I mean, they're good songs, um, but they did not chart. <laughs> oh my God. Charted, the, they don't know what the, they're. The chart doesn't least, know what it's talking about, Matt. Gelsey knows what she's talking States. about. In the States, it didn't and chart. But Fashion is a great. The, the charts are wrong. <laughs> but. The next year, well, the same year, I guess, as Scary Monsters or around the same time as Scary Monsters was out there, he did do uh, Hot Space with Queen. He showed up on Under Pressure. I love Hot Space. Just a just a beautiful song. But then, Under Pressure is great. I mean, that's. This is where we start to. It, it took him a little while to find his footing, though, right? He did the Cat People song, which like I know and love because I love cheesy 80s horror. He did the. I hate to say this, but one of the worst performances of Little Drummer Boy in history with Big Crosby. I'm just not a fan of that that particular song, and I'm Mr. Yeah. Christmas. Where, where, where are we with life? I want to say we're because I here's Cat People. Are you to? Um, oh, I'm on Let's Dance album 1983. That's what I was saying. But then it's we so get good. Let's Dance. And- oh my god! Literally every single one of these songs is like Modern Love is yeah. amazing. Let's Dance is a great great record <laughs> let's like, dance is amazing put on your red shoes and dance the blues 
So That's another sweet. China Girl, though I love China Girl. I was gonna say China Girl might be another one of those early first David Bowie songs for me because of how much I love the Wedding Singer. I had the Wedding Singer soundtrack, <sighs> mm-hmm. and I mean that's a song that like when I was listening to the Wedding Singer soundtrack, this was not one of the songs that stood out to me at the time. I just thought it was strictly an okay song. But then over the years, I would get that. But when I'm feeling lonely, <laughs> like. Who's My there? Little John girls. <laughs> yeah, like says, shut your mouth. It's so good. Oh uh, man, it's that's a sexy song. I'm just saying the 80s were a little rough. He would go up and down because this is also when he did dancing in the street with Mick Jagger, which is <laughs> And I know that like that's another family guy one where the like, and this happened, and I love that they play that entire video. They just pull, they're like, we're gonna play the whole thing. It is one of those awful, painful things to watch, but you also have to love it because you're like, I love both of these men and I don't care what they do. Like Mick Jagger and David Bowie are both people that could come out and do anything, and you're like, okay, you doing not- it makes it okay. I'm actually one of the things that I'm really shocked by is that a large chunk of his singles in the 80s weren't really off David Bowie albums. So like I'm Mm -hmm. scrolling through here and it's like it was him doing the song with Queen. It was a song. It was a song on a on a David Bowie best of album. It was the Cat People soundtrack. It was the Ziggy Stardust movie soundtrack. It was the Falcon and the Snowman soundtrack. Like, sorry. Yeah. It was just a lot of of soundtrack stuff. Yeah, I mean, hey, if that's if that's what your groove was, there's still great songs. Um, yeah. so China Girl, Iggy Pop wrote the lyrics for that, and both Bowie and Pop did the music for that. Oh, you know what? I feel like deep down in my brain, I knew that, and that kind of makes did sense you? as an Iggy Pop song. Yeah, like, like I, I didn't know that. that. But once you said that, that unlocks something. <laughs> you know what I love though? Um, Cat People was, I believe, on the Atomic Blonde soundtrack. Yes. And you want to talk about a great oh, yeah. dark side of 80s music is the Atomic Blonde. I love that movie, obviously, as an extant woman and a <laughs> self-badass promoter. No, I'm a girl who likes to fight. So that movie I was obsessed with. I was just like, this is so good. But the soundtrack to that is is so good. And uh, this, yeah, this song fits so well. But I, I love this song. Yeah. No. We already talked about it, but I'm saying And it then, it. obviously, this is where we start to enter – at least my time. Um, we're still we're still before your time, but uh, some could argue. No one would argue this, but I'll I'll say it anyway. The greatest song in David Bowie's career that is, of course, "Dance Magic Dance" from Labyrinth. <laughs> Shut the uh, fuck up! I was like, well, I was like, I'm pretty sure we've already discussed the greatest. Get out of here, Dance Magic Dance. But that I song, took my baby. baby. <laughs> It's, it's all the Muppets day. bouncing around. Dance, oh. magic dance. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good song, though. It really is. A, I put that song on at many a Halloween party, and man, does it get a response. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there's don't. a whole generation of kids introduced to Bowie and his cod piece through the magic of Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Um, kind of the last movie Jim Henson really made because it did terribly in the box office, mm. but... Yeah, he. I mean, that's a good song. Uh, As the World Falls Apart is a beautiful little love song in that. Uh, I really do adore the Labyrinth soundtrack in the movie Labyrinth in general. But at this point, I was a two-year-old baby, so this, no, none of none of the rest <laughs> so of this is before my time. <laughs> are out. Um, continuing down his albums, I'm just kind of like scrolling through. I didn't realize how much Iggy Pop and 
him collaborated like continuously through the years until, I mean, I was in the late 80s on the albums and and some of the songs he's still collaborating with with Iggy Pop. So that's really cool that he inspired him in the beginning and then they became friends and I I didn't realize how much they worked together, which yeah, makes sense. They've, yeah. <laughs> I do. And they've, they made some magic together. I mean, I know we've brought him up a couple times and eventually we will do an episode, but that's that's very much like you know, Harry Nielsen getting into music because he loved the Beatles and then him doing a full album with John Lennon. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. stuff like that where it's like, you just love to hear that. You love to hear the story of them not just meeting their heroes, but becoming a contemporary with their hero. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. But um, it is, I'm glad, you know, Bowie was, yeah, I mean, he's gotten at least his, I feel like there was that slump, like he said, and he couldn't kind of find his refooting, And then in the mid to late 90s, I feel like he did at least a little come back and get because he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996 and the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2005. Yeah. What? He was inducted to the Science Fiction and Fantasy Hall of Fame. I didn't even know that was a thing. And Rolling but, Stone proclaimed him, Bowie, as the greatest rock star ever. I love that because I, I, I a thousand percent agree. I mean, he I is the that. epitome of what a rock star is. This glam, pseudo-sexual feminine like it's kind of you know what harry styles is kind of trying to do the bowie thing a little bit now i think with the uh, gonna wear a dress and heels in that 70s glam way but it again it's anyone that's doing stuff now they're not the first no one's ever the first but it, in the 60s and 70s even into the early 80s people were doing things that didn't exist and hadn't been done before so they are the pioneers and i feel like bowie really is the a pioneer of a rock star you well, know the glam bands that came after like kiss love. that yeah like, yeah that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for people like bowie yeah mm-hmm. no and and yeah he was probably one of the first rock stars where like you know it's like men wanted to be him women wanted to be with him but i think bowie was the first one where it was like both men and women wanted to be with him you know what I mean? like he mm-hmm. was just like mm-hmm. this undeniable Again, I keep throwing the phrase androgynous around, but like he what like it was like he defined gender or anything. He was just this larger than life persona. And and, you know, when he passed away in 2016, that was that was one of those that was like when Prince died. You know what I mean? Like it was that mm-hmm. you felt that that ramifications through everybody, whereas like mm-hmm. you like Similar to how I say, like, if I meet someone, they say they don't like Motown music. I'm, like, immediately suspicious of them. Like, if you don't like at least a David Bowie song, like, questionable. Questionable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There are certain things that it's like, we can agree to disagree different. But there are certain things that if people are just like, I don't like that. I'm like, well, I don't like you. Goodbye. And I beep, bop, boop, bop in reverse out of that conversation. I like so. that you, yeah, I like that you Brit about it your way out of there. So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. I've thought maybe this is the year I'm, I'll do a Aladdin Sane costume for Halloween. I've, I think I've, you could crush that. You yeah. I've always thought about doing it every year. I'm like, is this the David Bowie year? And I'm like, no, I've got like a list of Halloween costumes that I like every year. I'm like, is this slave Leia year? And then I'm like, nah, I don't want to wear that all night. So it's I, there's there's some things I want to be the Martian from Mars Attacks, and then that bitch Kardashian. She's not no Kardashian. I think Kendall Jenner, one of them, a few years ago did that, and I was like, that's been on my list for ten years. You yeah. don't get to do that. You my- don't even like that movie, Kendall. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina, and I'm Tessa, and together we are Fem Regard Podcast. Mm, fem. 
We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. All right, Kelsey, let's see. I have a tough one for you. Oh, fuck. Okay. You have to make a mixtape for somebody to mm. show them everything about David Bowie in just three songs. What three songs fuck do you, you put on this mixtape? <laughs> no. Pass. I'd like to that's a pass. Um okay, let's see. I think oh, it's like a tie. Do you put space oddity? Space yes, I'm gonna go to space oddity. I, I wanted to put Ziggy Stardust on there. But I think okay. Space Oddity, um let's do Suffragette City and Heroes. I shit you not. That was my exact same list. Shut the fuck up. That's why we're friends and that's why we do a podcast together. It's hard because it's like I want to get that range. I feel like I picked like Space Oddity and Severed City doing them so close in his career. They kind of have that same, but it's you get that good rock and roll. I think we just both love Severed City so much. And but then I think you get Space two, Oddity you, is that weird, bizarre kind of side of him. And then Heroes is just like that beautiful ballad side of him. It's, yeah. No, I think that 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 is the that is the correct list. Uh, that is it. So I <laughs> well, yes. This is our shortest outro ever. Where, where can people tell us what songs we probably should have picked instead of those three? But they'll be wrong because. <laughs> but they'll be. I was just gonna say that. I was like, but they're wrong. Um, you can tell us at Instagram. Find us at Before My Time underscore podcast. Just DM them or give us a comment on our post. Or you can find us on Facebook. Just search Before My Time. We'll pop up. Sorry, I, my phone was just starting to play David Bowie. And I was like, where's that music coming from? Um, <laughs> and let us know there. Let us know maybe a song we didn't mention or something about David Bowie that you know that we failed to say. We appreciate each and every one of you listening every week and supporting us. If you could just throw us a five-star review, that would be awesome. That way we could get out to more listeners like yourself and spread the joy and laughter, which is the chaos of our conversations. Thanks again. Love you guys. Bye. mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made so we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors check us out at undiscover scripts movies made of paper wherever you get your podcasts free
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 